Jesus' disciples look like strangers to us. They rejoice when they are persecuted and things seem to be going badly. They thank God for the privilege of suffering. Remember that a few weeks before this, these very disciples had fled from Gethsemane. They had been cowards. Now they are brave. It would seem that the transformation is the fact that while they are witnesses, so is the Holy Spirit, who now is witnessing to Jesus with them. Therein lies the transformation of these men and to the hearer of this text for the second Sunday of Easter. Hello, this is Pastor John Edding. Thank you for listening to the Sandhills Lutheran Ministry Podcast. Let's get to today's sermon from Acts chapter 5, verses 29 through 42, entitled, Courageous. Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. Our reading for today plunks us down right in the middle of a very tense moment, you could say. Peter and the apostles are arrested. They're called to account before the Sanhedrin. Uh, the Sanhedrin is this council of religious leaders and rulers. And you could say it's deja vu all over again. Uh, like Jesus, who once faced his own arrest and trial. Uh, Peter and the apostles faced their own arrest and trial. And like Jesus, they are face to face in conflict with the same people, the high priests and those associated with the temple and the Sanhedrin. Now, like Jesus, they faced suffering by the hands of the authorities and even the prospect of death. Peter's words, we must obey God rather than men, sounds courageous. It is. It is it was courageous because it's, if, it, if the only thing that you knew about Peter and the apostles were, were based on what you had read in the Gospel of Luke, then you might find this behavior a little bit puzzling, even out of character. Uh, his apparent boldness and that of the rest of the apostles during this trial just does not add up based on past Failures, And let me give you two examples from Luke, Luke 22, verse 33. Uh, Peter declares to Jesus that he is ready to both to die and go to prison with Jesus. But we know he failed to keep that promise when he denied Jesus. The second example in Luke 22, 39, starting with verse 39, just before Jesus's arrest, and just after Peter's declaration of readiness to suffer, Jesus urged his disciples to pray in order that they might not enter into temptation. And instead, the disciples fell asleep. And they were unprepared for the, the following crisis. So if you were a, a betting person, 
Uh, knowing the past behavior of the disciples, you might, with confidence, then you know, bet the farm that, or the branch that the apostles will crumble under pressure, that they will fold like a house of cards. But you would lose that bet. Where once they proved timid, they are now bold. Once fearful, they now exhibit courage. Once faithless, they are now showing themselves faithful to their Lord Jesus Christ. And once they would have moistened their finger and then see which way the wind was blowing and run away and then hide from its hostile blast. And now they are all throwing all caution to the wind, you could say. We might ask this question of Peter and the apostles of Acts chapter 5. Who are you and what have you done to the apostles? Well, what happened to them? Uh, The disciples had lots of reasons to buckle under before the Sanhedrin. This is only months after Jesus was hauled before them and then off to Pilate for a crucifixion. These men had demonstrated their willingness to to kill those who incurred their wrath. Indeed, the gospel reading tells us the disciples were gathered in a room with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, that is, the Jewish leaders, in the gospel reading. But we know from that reading that Jesus breathed the, whole, the Spirit of God on them. And then Pentecost poured this, that Spirit on them and on us all. Things are different now. The disciples are different. Back to that first uh, verse of our text, Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. The apostles declare that they will obey God rather than the Sanhedrin. Normally, the apostles would subject themselves to the governing authorities, Paul and Peter, teach as much in their subsequent letters. But these governing authorities were asking them to sin. And these authorities were asking the apostles to not be faithful to Jesus, who sent them out to be his witnesses. But note the manner of their courageous witness to Christ, starting in verse 30. And, and by the way, you notice that the religious leaders refused to speak the name of Jesus, and they were witnessing to that name, to Jesus, the Christ. But notice the manner of their courageous witness to Jesus. What does courageous witness look like? Well, notice that Paul was not defiant in his response. I learned this I guess it's a local expression. He did not have hay on his horns. Right? He wasn't looking for a fight. He wasn't insulting or threatening or even playing the victim. No. He patiently taught these leaders, verse 30, the God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Now, Peter was patiently witnessing 
to the Sanhedrin. Jesus died and rose for them also. And Peter only wants them to have the gift of repentance and forgiveness of sins. Peter knew that they could do the same to them as they had done to Jesus, but he taught and he proclaimed the gospel to them. Now that is courage under pressure. The crisis of the trial ended with Gamaliel's words that would soon turn prophetic. Verse uh, 39, if this is of God, you will not be able to overthrow the apostles. You might even be found opposing God. And then Peter and the apostles were beaten and they were then released. They did not seek out the suffering, but neither did they flee from it. They stood firm in Easter courage. Indeed, they rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer for the name of Jesus. Verse 42. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Today, as we start this sermon series based on the readings in the book of Acts, the point of the initial chapters of Acts seems clear. Jesus is not absent, but present. And if you want to see him, then look to his people, and there you will see him. You'll see him in their love, the miracles, the fellowship, and even in the suffering and the dying. They look, they look like Jesus. And if you want to see the resurrected Christ, then do not look up to the heavens or imagine him floating around the room. Uh, look to his people. And while his people look, uh, well, they remain they remain sinful and and always an imperfect lens this side of heaven the discerning eye can see that Christ is found in them and in today's reading we see his courage we will use the disciples as something as a template for us during these uh, weeks ahead although I recognize that is a bit dangerous and a difficult thing to do after all acts is a description um, of what happened, not necessarily a prescription for what should happen, but as a description, we see and hear in this narrative that these men were just clearly changed from the fearful men huddling in a room, a locked room, in that upper room in the Gospel reading. The same Holy Spirit of God has brought the same Jesus to us, to you and me, And we have not put our hands into the side of Jesus like Thomas, but Jesus has called us blessed and for not having seen and yet believing. We too have this Jesus. So let me describe what it is that I'm preaching in this sermon series. Again, to be clear, Jesus is with us and that makes all the difference. Jesus is not floating about in the room like some disembodied ghost. Um, he's not some purely spiritual presence which occupies some place in our psychological self. No, Jesus in word and sacrament abides and lives in us. And that means he will be seen 
in our lives. So today, we want to notice that Jesus was not afraid of anyone. He faced down demons, storms, and even death itself with a steely calm. And it was not that he was eager to die, as if he had some you know, psychological problem. The fervent prayers he uttered in the garden tell us that. We need to define bravery here. Bravery is not the absence of fear. It is the mastery of fear. It is the mastery of fear. And the disciples realized that these members of the Sanhedrin could do, and they bore their witness anyway. What made them courageous? Where did they get such courage? It, well, it was through no self-help program, uh, not Cowards Anonymous uh, or some other program to give men courage. They got it from Christ. And he made them brave through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit into them. Again, notice the gospel reading. It changed them. That same spirit is what Jesus poured on all the church in Pentecost and in your baptism. Jesus lives today in your courage. Now, Jesus was with them, and that made all the difference. They did not fear death because Jesus did not fear death, and he conquered it on their behalf. And they also prayed for courage. Acts 4, verse 29, and, and now, Lord, here's their prayer, and now... Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. We too can ask God to grant us to speak his word with all boldness. We can pray like uh, we can pray to the God of grace and the God of glory. Grant us wisdom, grant us courage for the facing of this hour. Like Peter and the apostles, we could also bear the consequences of doing what is right. Because Jesus strengthens and helps us. They were courageous because Jesus was brave. We can be courageous and we can say after Peter, no more denying Jesus and no more sleeping on the job. We give witness to Jesus and we speak the truth in love we, we tell others, declare uh, to others our hope that's within us, and we do this with gentle firmness. And we patiently teach and proclaim the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. I've met some very brave people uh, in my day. I have heard Muslim background believers tell me of their harrowing persecution uh, experiences of persecution because they believed in and followed Jesus. I know about a woman who stood up to her corrupt boss and refusing to falsify a record and break the law. And he threatened to fire her. She did not give him the chance. She quit a very well-paid job. I also knew another woman whose steely resolve in the face of a brutal Cancer was the inspiration to a whole congregation of people. And you also most likely know stories like this as well. You likely know some Christian people who are brave. And where did they get that bravery? Can we connect their bravery to the Jesus who lives in them? 
Yes. They did not fear death because Jesus did not fear death and he conquered it on their behalf. They will they were willing to bear the consequences of doing what was right because Jesus strengthened and helped them. So yes, we can. And our world continues to exert pressure on us to conform to its easier path. We are urged to signal our worldly virtue by endorsing sin. And if we refuse, we might find an angry mob outside our doors denouncing us. The the flattery, the seductive um, persuasiveness of social media or, or our news feeds would have us engage in the toxic culture of the day and then threaten us with isolation if we do not participate. Uh, even something as simple as shopping or going to a restaurant can present us with pressures and moral judgments. The Christian needs this brave Jesus. The Christian has this brave Jesus. And the Holy Spirit of God emboldened Peter and the disciples, and they counted it an honor to be worthy of suffering for the name of Jesus. Now that same spirit is what Jesus poured on all the church in Pentecost and in your baptism. And Jesus lives today in your courage. Amen. Amen. Christ is risen. Alleluia.